0: okay hello everyone welcome to wild and theology i am kaylee my name is will (laughs) today what are we talking about today we're going to have an off the cuff conversation we didn't really prepare for this Mm -hmm. but it's going to be interesting
1: yeah well i think (laughs) We, we didn't prepare anything specifically that we want to say, but we do have something that I at least have a lot to talk about. Okay. Honestly, it's like we do have a topic that we want to <laughs> talk about, but uh, yeah, it's going to be a fun little uh, way of approaching it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Before we get into that, though... We just wanted to let you know that we are on social media. We've posted our first Instagram blog post that you should check out at Wild and Theology, same name as the podcast. And we're also on Twitter where uh, we post quotes, little thoughts we have, or share other things that are going on within the psychedelic community. So definitely give us a follow. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so we get to the topic at hand, which is, as you probably guessed from the title, about a social meetup we went to and how our experiences were very different in terms of social anxiety, in terms of how we felt about it.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: was there anything you wanted to say specifically before
0: <laughs> I kind of talk about my thing? No, I feel awful right now. You feel <laughs> And I just like, <laughs> I'm even like going into this conversation. It's, it's like, oh, uh, I'm already in like a weird anxious space. Mm-hmm. And then we're like talking about, we're going, it's like going back and reliving like a period of time where I was anxious, like at this event. So I'm like kind of dreading it actually. Yeah, exactly.
1: (laughs) Um, okay. I guess I can start. So take the lead
0: and I'll just,
2: I'll (laughs) follow.
1: Yeah. I mean, and, and that's really like the key thing is that like i we we both went in and i bo- i think we were both nervous about it like mm-hmm. i guess giving like what the meetup was we went to uh the montreal psychedelic society meetup at uh the mountain in montreal it's more of a hill but it's more out <laughs> so um, calling it out yeah exactly i just call everybody out <laughs> even inanimate objects in and <laughs> geographical locations but um <laughs> yeah so it was I always feel nervous when I go to stuff like that. And Mm -hmm. then I've come to the point, though, where I always have fun at them.
2: Yeah. And
1: I always end up like talking much more than I thought I would. Yeah. And that was like really my experience with this thing where it's like I went in feeling a little bit nervous as we were walking up. Like I had these thoughts in my head as we were walking up, like, I hope we don't find it. And then we just like give (laughs) up and leave. (laughs) Oh, we tried. You know what I mean? Fuck it, we'll go.
0: I know like the one of the, like the leader there at one point, they said like, oh, if it was going to rain, we were going to cancel it. I was like, damn it. Yeah. (laughs) Should have rained. Just kidding. I'm joking. I had a great time. I swear.
1: But uh, I know I felt the same thing. I was like, (laughs) when I saw that the rain was there, part of me was like, oh, I really want to like be outside because it's been raining so often, Mm -hmm. but I I don't want to (laughs) go. Um. But once we got there, like I said, like, uh, everybody was very friendly, very welcoming. Like immediately they just like always feel included. And I, I think that's one of the biggest things that like I have where because of, of childhood experiences in, in, School that I've talked about at like the Stage Purple episode, Mm -hmm. I have like a tendency to to automatically think that it's gonna be like a reliving of that kind of social ostracism, and then every time I go there, it's like, oh, these are adults now who are Mm -hmm. like good people and they like want you to feel welcome, yeah, you know. But like I just assume that I'm not gonna be welcome, Mm -hmm. and it's that like it's that part of like that healing the connection to the tribe, healing the connection to social interaction. Yeah. Really. And then, like I said, once we got there, very welcoming immediately included us in the conversation because like they're able to have a conversation, <laughs> they're adults. Mm-hmm. And then it just went very smoothly. And at least for me, I was one of the more social people there, even mm-hmm. once we got into the big group. So we started going off into smaller groups is like they kind of naturally broke into smaller groups. Yeah. I was talking most of the time.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Whereas you, for example, were quiet most of the time.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so like, what were you kind of experiencing during that mm-hmm. like why, why do you think that you were so quiet
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: i don't like this question can we not like can we just have a conversation
1: yeah let's well, no. just
0: i mean it'll come up but like that's so intense why mm. were you so quiet i mean obviously i was fucking anxious as hell yeah i was like just not feeling good yeah you know i mean what you were just saying like how you were like reliving not you weren't reliving but How social anxiety
2: Hmm.
0: has come up for you in the past because of, I mean, you've like, you've obviously reflected on your childhood and like figured out, you can, you can trace back and see how these, those feelings developed in you and you've done enough healing and working through that, that you've kind of been able to put that aside for the most part. I mean, obviously I don't think we're ever like, I don't know. What is being completely like healed of something that happened to you when you were a child? Yeah. You know, like, is, is there going to be one day where you're just like, that's not even a thing, you know?
1: I think so. You think so? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Or it's like, just not
0: even like a, a shred of social anxiety. You think you're, gonna, you know, yeah. cause like, or is, is that like part of it? I don't know.
1: Well, I feel like it, it's, it's not necessarily that you never feel social anxiety. It's more that you've just like come to a point where you, you're comfortable feeling it. You know what I mean? It's like when you're no well, longer yeah. so obsessed, I guess, with the feeling of social anxiety or so like overcome by it. And mm-hmm. you're just able to go into a situation like that and feel like feeling a little bit socially anxious or a little bit nervous before an event like that is just being human. I think that's natural. Yeah, exactly. But and, and so like thinking that you need to heal that, I think is a product of having it be so bad. You know what I mean? And it's mm-hmm. like once you've once you let go of needing to heal every shred of anxiety you ever feel, mm-hmm. once you've let go of that need,
2: mm-hmm.
1: I feel like that's when you're kind of like fully healed. You know what yeah. I mean? And it's like you're at like, that like, point. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead.
0: Yeah, you it's not like you're like some superhuman that doesn't feel those emotions anymore. Yeah. But yeah. you can feel like a normal, healthy level of like arousal going into a new situation like and you can characterize it as like oh a bit of nerves or Mm -hmm. excitement whatever you want to call it you know and change it but it's not like like debilitating anxiety anymore Mm -hmm.
1: i I think yeah actually that debilitating honestly is is the perfect way to describe it it's like Mm -hmm. if you can live the kind of lifestyle that you want to live Barring like money issues or something like that, mm-hmm. then I would say it's no longer an issue Like if you want to go to social events if you want to go to a nightclub
2: mm-hmm. if you want to go
1: to parties with like people You may not know and you're able to do that and have like legitimate fun there Maybe you feel a little bit nervous. Maybe you're a little mm-hmm. bit quiet at first, whatever it is and maybe there's things you can do to, to Even improve upon that but if you can at least just like live that kind of lifestyle that you want to without being debilitated
2: mm-hmm. I would
1: say you're fully healed And it's like, it's, as long as you're living your life, you're never going to be complete. Yeah. Right. And so like, there's always going to be something new for you to work on, something new for you to deal with, but letting go of your childhood is simply like not allowing the things that happened in your childhood to limit you from living the kind of lifestyle that you want to live. Yeah. I think that's a big thing.
0: That is true because yeah, I think there's like, it's kind of an issue when you think about. I don't know. I guess we've talked about this in the past where like, Mm -hmm. especially in the, in the stage purple integration podcast was like the big realization was that there was nothing to heal really. It was like, it was just okay as it was like, and that's part of the process is like accepting, accepting your childhood, accepting your experience, your family, everything and letting go of that need to like, like that resistance to it, like yeah. I can't be this, I can't have this, I need to heal it and like, and heal is equal to like rooting it out completely. Yeah. yeah. Almost you know? being like
1: a sociopath where you just yeah. like don't feel any negativity yeah, at all. Yeah, exactly.
0: So yeah, the integrating it is really like, that's part of you. That was part of your experience, mm-hmm. but it no longer like rules you unconsciously.
1: Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: That's good. That's yeah. good stuff. So it is. There's a lot of work to be done still, yeah. obviously. Cause it's like, yeah, I don't know. It was, mm. it's, it was one of those weird situations for me. Like, okay. I, I don't think I've felt that way in a very long time. Yeah. And, I mean, naturally, it's been under COVID lockdown for, like, over a year. Right, yeah. And so, I mean, how many opportunities have we had to, like, go out and meet new people in a very, like, formal setting? Because I, I feel like the setting is was very, like, particular. Mm-hmm. And I think that it was really, like, bothersome to me, and like, how... <laughs> official it was and because there was like a topic and it was like and maybe i don't know i feel like there's a few things about this particular situation Mm -hmm. that made like that really activated my social anxiety yeah because as of late i have been feeling incredibly social and like really confident in myself going into new situations and meeting new people yeah but the context that i've been doing that in lately has been completely different
2: Mm -hmm.
0: and um I mean, I'm social at my job too. Like, I feel like I have really good interaction socially with a lot of people.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I've been feeling like I'm in that flow. So that's why it was like going there. I, I felt anxiety, like going up to the meeting. And I feel like maybe I should have spoken to that more with you before yeah. we headed over there. Cause I was just like, uh, oh, we're just going now. Like yeah. maybe if I would have just like, well, this is like my safe spot going into this. Cause that that was a huge part of it. It was like, not going into that alone was yeah, like huge, and like I'm sure. so happy to have you there and to be associated with you, who was someone who was talking. I was like, <laughs> I can't be that bad because I'm with this guy. Yeah, exactly. You know, I'm sharing a blanket with this guy. He knows a lot. Yeah, yeah. What he said
1: to yeah, everything. Said.
2: Yeah, me too. <laughs> um,
1: yeah. Well, I just want to say something. Mm-hmm. I I feel that it's it's so funny that you say that because in terms of like being more clear about how you felt. Mm-hmm. It's because I feel like we did say that. Yeah. But it's like there's always like a deeper level where mm-hmm. you you say like, oh, we never talk about our emotions before going to something. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about them. But then that almost becomes like a perfunctory obligation that you're just going through the motions of like, Oh yeah, I feel a little bit anxious. Yeah. Me too. Okay. And then we continue on. It's like, you're not actually talking. Yeah.
0: Like I could have been like, Will, like I really like in my body feel like I'm just about to shut down completely.
2: (laughs) 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 Oh my God. Yeah. You
0: know, but I was like, Oh no, I'm just like a little nervous. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know. I could have like screamed and like ran around a bit and like shook my like energy up yeah, because I think that would have helped, you know, or something, but we just went into it and all of a sudden we were sitting there and like, yeah, at first it was, um, obviously everyone's so nice. And that's the thing Mm -hmm. too, is like, Mm -hmm. what am I expecting? Like people are nice. Yeah, That's like, it's weird to kind of like you said, like realize you have this fear of other people. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Like that is the yeah. like that's what you feel going into new situations. That's really interesting. And I mean a lot of this is reminding me of learning about stage purple mm-hmm. and stuff is that like a quality of a healthy stage purple integrated is like you don't fear interaction with others. You genuinely feel like safe amongst people or you 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 just have those social skills because yeah you never didn't have them because it was so tribe oriented. Like you were yeah. never alone. you were never isolated. Um, it's and it was sense, everyone for each other.
1: It's just that sense of safety. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And you just believe the best. Yeah. And, and also you're not so like self-obsessed in your individuality that you think people are judging you so much either. Cause they did not yeah, really have individuality true, in stage purple. So that's yeah. interesting. There's like
1: a level of narcissism to social anxiety. Almost. There is. Yeah. And I think
0: that's so interesting. And so there is, there is um, definitely a lot of narcissism. And I find that really interesting. And I think it was our, our friend, Chris, who brought that to my attention, who, he said that to me, like, mm-hmm. I don't know, like how long ago, quite a while ago, but it really stuck with me. Yeah. So I'm like, that is so true. And that's a perspective I haven't often took with being self-conscious mm-hmm. as like, this is actually selfish and narcissistic to be, yeah. to think that like everything you do and say is so important and it's going to be <laughs> judged so harshly and like everyone's looking at you and everyone's thinking about you.
2: Yeah, yeah. No,
0: they're not. No. And also it's just like, you're not giving yourself, you're like hiding yourself away and keeping yourself
1: yeah.
0: inside and
1: yeah.
0: that's not serving the people around you yeah you're doing them
1: a disservice yeah exactly yeah
0: Yeah, you're not sharing yourself that's selfish you're amazing (laughs) i'm amazing
1: yeah you are amazing i am and i
0: said i shared none of that with that group (laughs) of
1: people (laughs) Well, that's the thing. It's like you say like, oh, I'm associated with this guy. So yeah. everybody knows I'm cool. But it's like, I know who you are and I know you're cool. And yeah. it's like, that's why I'm there with you. Yeah, like, exactly. I'm willing to be there with you because I think you're someone cool. If I thought uh-huh. you were like this weird person who I didn't want to share with the world, I'd be like, I wouldn't be your friend. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> to put it simply, you know. Exactly. So it's like But it's easier said than done. It is. It's so much easier it said is. than
0: done. It is. It is. And like, I know that intellectually, mm-hmm. I'm a great person, but...
1: Well, it's even it's- like when I asked you about like, oh, so how was your experience? And you're like, we're like, oh my God, I don't want to talk about it. It's like, yeah, it's, it's, it's like this self-reinforcing cycle where you feel anxious and then you feel ashamed of the fact that you're anxious mm-hmm. and you feel like anxious about the shame and it just like feeds <laughs> into it where like you can't even talk about it, but it's like that talking about it is how you get over like one of the big things that I've been taught about like social interaction is like if you feel nervous talk about how you're nervous yeah if you're like oh I don't know what to say and I'm I'm shy and stuff like this it's like talk about how you're shy and you don't know what to say yeah and someone else can like be like if if they're like a nice person not gonna make fun of you which most people aren't yeah they would talk about how like oh I remember this one time when I was super nervous and it was so funny and then it's like It's less of a thing that's just like horrible inside your head. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Exactly. That's so true. And it's just like, and even saying that and just like being able to laugh about it, it's like you're working through it. It's just like you get, I, I get so stuck Mm -hmm. in this feeling. Like, like it was almost like while we were sitting there as time went by, like it it got worse. It was just like, I was like solidifying in the state and it was becoming even heavier and heavier as... (laughs) <laughs> everyone kept talking and it had like gone longer and longer without me saying anything. It just became so much worse. Yeah. And I was like, it'd be so weird to say something right now Yeah, because like, I mean, and anything that w- could have come out besides speaking to how anxious I was would be au- inauthentic and like weird and it wouldn't feel right. Mm. You know, unless, unless I could have, unless I had the skill level of getting through my anxiety where I could have completely, Worked through that in my head and then got into a place where I was calm and then said something interesting. Yeah, but like, at that at that point, after that much time, it was like it was so heavy that like I there was nothing that could have come out. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, I mean, that's why people talk about like breaking the ice and saying things at first, like oh, like if you just say like How I'm much nervous, a polar bear
1: way
2: <laughs> <laughs> to
1: break the ice. <laughs> that's so garbage oh my god God. I'm gonna use that no
0: I'm not I'm really not yeah um
1: well I think you touched on a really interesting point like the more anxious you become the more congruent you have to be with that anxiety mm -hmm. because anything else is just too difficult to say because you're so judgmental about it
0: mm -hmm. yeah yeah the most relief was like when we were walking away and I was just like, (laughs) "Will, that was horrible for me. And I was like, only then did it like, kind of like snap. And I like felt my self start like moving internally again. You know, it was like, I become so like solid. It feels like there's like no flow anymore. Mm -hmm. And it honestly feels like my brain shuts off completely.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And all I want to do is like get out. But then also, that, and I, I did, I, there was a, a period of time, I don't know how long, but I was like debating, like, should I just say, like, I don't feel well, I have to leave. Because like, that's understandable. And I think that was, um that's a debate that I was having was like, is it better to just sit through this and get through it, even if I feel this way? Or would it be better for me to stand up and like, take care of myself and, you yeah. know, calm down and you know, recognize this was, I don't know, not that this was a, wasn't, wasn't a good, a satisfying experience for myself and like do yeah. better next time. Yeah. Or like, cause sitting through it wasn't, it didn't get
1: better. It, yeah. It just it well, like you said, it got worse. Yeah. Yeah. It's, so it's just like, that, that's a really interesting point that like it, it was, it, it comes toward to this like balancing act of exposure therapy mm-hmm. without making that exposure therapy, a new trauma.
2: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, where
1: it's like, okay, push through it and just sit there as long as you can and you'll be a little bit better the next time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. But sit there so long that it's like it becomes such a horrible feeling and you're just so frozen and anxious Mm -hmm. that you're now too traumatized to try again. Mm -hmm. Or it's even harder the next time you go, which makes it even worse and makes more more likely for trauma to happen in the future. Yeah. You know,
0: that is true.
1: But I feel like a big thing to reverse that is talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> After the fact, you know?
0: Yes, for sure. Talking about everything. Yeah. I mean, okay, maybe not everything. <laughs> I've recently been actually like thinking about that more about like, like boundaries and like what really needs to talk about because I've uh, yeah. been spoken about because so so often I feel like there's this like, this narrative that I hold to and I think a lot of people do is like talk about everything. Yeah. Express yourself. Mm-hmm. And it's like, when is that too much? That's a different conversation. Well, um,
1: I, I feel like there's one little thing that I want to say about that is like the only thing stopping it is knowing that the other person is ready to receive it. Mm-hmm. it like uh, for me personally, I, I try to be in a state of receiving everyone. Like actually, this is a funny little story. Um, Sean was over at, at our house the other day. And, uh, I like was joking with him where I was like, oh man, I I have something I need to say. It's a little bit embarrassing, but like, I really need to tell you. Right. And it was like, I was setting up kind of like a little dumb joke Mm -hmm. and he was immediately, he was just like, okay, man, like I'm here for it. Just immediately receptive. I was just like, oh my God. Like, wow. Like, I'm so grateful for you. Thank Mm. you. Right. And, but I was just like, I want to watch kingdom of heaven. (laughs) And he was just like. Oh, <laughs> I was like, man, like, I'm so sorry. That was so like Aww. amazing that immediately you were just like, oh man, I'm here for you. Like, let's hear it. Yeah. And I was just like, I'm so grateful I have a friend like that. But that's like the kind of energy that I try to bring with everybody. Mm-hmm. Like, even, even if like, well... <laughs> I was going to say even like a stranger, but obviously like you don't know what they're about to tell you, but like with Mm -hmm. my friends, at least or with like people who are friends of friends or whatever the situation is like at the meetup, if somebody wanted to talk about their mental health issues, I would try to be very receptive, especially Mm -hmm. like a psychedelic thing. Mm -hmm. But I guess point being is that I always try to be very receptive to everybody, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: but I think also not everybody is like that Mm -hmm. and you need to be respectful of the fact that some people are just not either ready to receive mm-hmm. or want to receive and they shouldn't have to. Yes. You know,
0: that's very true. And like asking that question, like, are you, especially, I think sometimes I'm wary. It's weird. Mm-hmm. Cause sometimes if you're like, if you are going to be talking about something really heavy, it's, it's, it's really hard for you, but understand that it is, you're not a burden. And like, obviously yeah. this is what friends are for is mm-hmm. for having those hard conversations. But it's also like, it is hard. It can be hard for the other person as well to hear things sometimes yeah. or like they're not just not in a place where they're ready to like take on your stuff mm-hmm. and so it's like it is a give and take and like a meeting in the middle and i think i've learned that from being open to share myself but also like having friends who also have mental health issues so it's like <laughs> it's really hard we all just need therapists yeah, yeah. but like <laughs> you know it's like i'm going through something and my friend's like she's going through something and we're like oh, I don't want to unload on you because you're in this bad place. And like, mm. oh, I don't know. It, sometimes there's just clashes. It's really hard. Yeah. Human communication is so hard. And it's funny is. because I always think about this when I'm on psychedelics. Yeah. I think about, like, I think the last time I did acid while I was away camping, I was having this, like, huge, just like, it was like I was seeing the way we communicate like every single level and like how every single person has like this entire universe in their mind and like (laughs) all these different experiences like literally every single thing that's ever happened to them and like and the people around them or have affected them and made them who they are and then this person as well and like all their skills and abilities and ways of communication and then like also where they're at like in time it's this whole thing and i'm like how (laughs) complex human communication is and how difficult it really can be mm-hmm. when you're getting into these hard things. Cause you know, it's, it's yeah. easy to have like casual interactions every day and it's easy to be nice to people. I mean, obviously it's not easy for me to just like have a nice time at an afternoon meetup, but you know, genuinely, generally it's simple, but like, you know, having, having complex, deep relationships, mm. it's one of the most challenging parts of life, yeah. but it's the most fulfilling.
1: Yeah. i that,
2: go ahead.
0: <laughs> I, I feel like that's kind of where my energy is at right now is yeah. like developing deep, meaningful conversations with other people and improving my communication skills mm. on like how I give myself and right. how I receive others yeah. and learning better ways to love other people and to receive them and to like integrate their life experience into, to mine, to like, to really know them, you know? Mm. And, um, yeah, like, that's that's been a, a big focus of mine lately. But, like, I mean, like, th- this experience is just, like, <laughs> holy shit. Like, I don't know. I, I was so astounded. I, I'm still so, like, I mean, I'm not surprised. Yeah. I am very anxious. Right. I just think it's just, like, like I said before, it's been so long since I've been in a situation like this yeah. where it really showed up. And I was just, like.
1: <laughs> it just came out of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But it, I think it just, like, it just. For me, it it just shows how many walls that I have up Mm -hmm. in terms of showing myself and like the deeper relationships that I have been forming have been like things that I'm working on. It's like a project. Like I'm working on it every day, every week, all the time, like with people who I've known for months or even years, it's always getting deeper. Right. But to get to the point where I'm at now with some people, it's like that's taken so long and to sit down with like new fresh people, like 10 or more, (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. And like being aware of all these complexities and being aware of the complexities in myself, it's like, I I don't really know how to, how to, I think, yeah, that that's where I'm stuck is like getting past that, those Mm -hmm. walls. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: And, um, it's really interesting because we're there and like the topic of the meetup we're there because we share this interest in psychedelics. Yeah. Which is, I think ironically enough, it's like, well, I don't, I don't know if I would say this is like the hardest thing for me to talk about. It's definitely not. Um, it's something I've been learning to get more comfortable with Mm -hmm. talking about psychedelics, like sharing with new people that this is something I'm passionate about and something that's things that have like my trips that have affected my life deeply and shaped who I, who I am. That's something I've gotten more comfortable with talking about, but like it's still like a big part of me. And because it's so close to who I am as a person, that makes it one of the things that's hard to share. Right. But like, these are the people, like of all people, they're like the ones that would get it. Yeah. They showed up to a psychedelic meetup. Honestly,
1: like I feel like there was, um, and I'm, I'm kind of speculating on this one, but I think a big indicator of the fact that like, these are the type of people who would be, so receptive to that of Mm -hmm. like the anxiety that you you were feeling Mm -hmm. is that not once did anybody say oh you're really quiet Mm
2: -hmm. what do you have to say about
1: this (laughs) (laughs) that's like a poison just like a, a, oh, a ball of poison given yeah. to something who's someone who's socially anxious, just like, just like why are you so quiet? That's like
0: like the kill shot. For, yeah, yeah, I'm never saying anything ever again. You'll never see me at one of these meetings. <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> if anyone yeah. from the meetup has ever comes across this podcast, I appreciate that. No one said that. <laughs> no one said. Oh, what do you think about this?
1: Yeah. You haven't
0: said anything.
1: I feel like that I can remember the only time someone said something to you specifically. um, After like everybody got there, like I think somebody like asked you a question beforehand, Mm -hmm. like when there was a smaller group. But once we got into the broken, the smaller groups, at least um, the one guy, uh, he said like, Oh, so like, what do you do? Uh Just this nice little. I also hate that question. (laughs) (laughs)
0: what do you mean what do i do i exist i survive i wake up every day i brush my stupid teeth
1: what's your job what do you what do you do (laughs) yeah um but like you kind of answered it and then he like you answered it just like kind of simple sentence Mm -hmm. and then he kind of just like dropped it and he just like went back to the initial conversation it's like well i
0: told him about our podcast actually
1: yeah yeah i remember that yeah Yeah. yeah. and it's like i I feel though that like he didn't push Uh
2: uh-huh
1: probably because like maybe he told could tell that you were anxious, but it's just like, I feel that there, there's certain circumstances in the past that I've noticed where like somebody won't notice that you're anxious and they'll keep on trying to push. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that can be very anxious, anxiety inducing too, where you're just Mm -hmm. like, okay, just like leave me alone right now. But they'll keep on trying to like ask and ask and ask. And you're like, "Um, please just leave me alone. And like, (laughs) I didn't notice anybody do that. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So I don't know if that was just like for other reasons or what it was, but I, I found that like, based on everything that i saw in that place it would have been the best place to talk about that kind of stuff yeah totally
0: totally everyone was super interesting and cool too and maybe uh that was probably activating my anxiety too it's like that feeling Mm. of like oh what am i like what have i done what do i have to share what do i know about this Whereas, like you know it, it wasn't just like people sitting around like oh yeah i love psychedelics it was like this is what I'm studying. This is what I'm doing my PhD on. Like, wow, have you heard of this guy? And like, I'm just like,
1: (laughs) well, that's the thing. (laughs) Like, it's something that's so close to you Mm -hmm. that it's kind of like, I I think we mentioned this last time. We kind of had a short chat about this. It's like the Dunning-Kruger effect where you start learning enough about something that you get over that hump of like thinking, you know more about it Uh and you realize how little you know about it, but then you all you can see is all these people who you assume know more than you and you put them on a pedestal yes. and you're like, Oh, I can't speak anything to this because I know enough to know that I know so little, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And also, yeah, that was 100% going on. But then, and then also like the anxiety coming in, like even when I didn't know exactly like what they were talking about in terms of like, Oh, they are talking about some, um, I don't even know. I can't even think of an example. But it wasn't even like I didn't know what they were talking about. Yeah. I did. I knew. And like sometimes, mm. like especially there was a girl, a woman sitting next to you. And yeah. she was saying so many things. I was like, yes. And I yeah. was like, it was really resonating with me. And I found it really fascinating. But it was just like the anxiety kept me from like, I was like, oh, can't. Like I can't. I and like even if I and like obviously, maybe I shouldn't say this because that's reinforcing the anxiety, but I believed that even if I were to like inch out some kind of anything, some kind of like, yeah, I feel that way too, it would <laughs> yeah. just it would just stop or I'd embarrass myself because, yeah, because there was too much anxiety that like it was blocking that flow of conversation, mm. where I was like where I could let go of that anxiety and share my ideas, you mm-hmm. know, because creativity and conversation and like talking about ideas that's like it's like a higher cognitive ability like i feel Mm. like maybe like i i feel like you are one of those people who thinks that way a lot Mm. a lot and like thank you (laughs) (laughs) of course i mean and like you're used to it you're used to it and i'm not i'm not saying like i'm not used to it like i I do like talk about it but then obviously like the anxiety comes in but like um it's something that requires like a lot of, um, like flow, like Mm
2: -hmm.
0: it's creative to be like, you're not just like regurgitating things you've read in a book. Like you're using your own language to describe things that you've learned. And obviously you've learned it well enough that you're actually at a a point where you're able to talk about it and converse with it. And someone saying something to you and you're taking that in and you're synthesizing with all the information (laughs) you have ever taken in and you're creating new sentences and it's flowing out of you and it's in a conversation there's like it's it's beautiful it really is and it's like an amazing way to connect with people yeah and you know it's amazing and i i I want (laughs) to be able to connect with people that way because it's so when you're doing it and you're in that flow with someone you're Mm -hmm. and especially with other people who share passion with you it's it's beautiful
1: um, that's so much pressure yeah. to live up to that, <laughs> that it's like, no wonder you're so anxious. Cause like, uh-huh. you, like, yeah, it's just like, you want to be a part of that so bad that like wanting it so bad makes you freeze. Cause you're like, what if I do it wrong?
2: Yeah. What if I
1: don't fulfill this role as like the psychedelic podcast person? You know uh-huh. what I mean? It's like, what if I, what if I say something and they think I'm dumb, but it's like, Again, yeah. everyone there would have been like, oh, like, what do you have to say about that?
0: Yeah, exactly. You know? And it, and it's just like the state of anxiety, like the physical state of anxiety too. And yeah. like, like I was saying, like that solidified, like rock feeling without any flow <laughs> or like movement at all. Yeah. It was like, it was, it's like almost, it's near impossible to reach that state of connection, even yeah. if I were to like inch out. For sure. Little bits of, yeah, me too.
1: Well, like... <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny but i i can i can completely relate like i i i think in grade 10 was the first time i ever like joined some like extracurricular thing i joined like the musical mm-hmm. grade 10 or 11 i can't remember which but uh it, it was like my first time really being like in a social situation like that besides just like being in class or something or like hanging out with a friend or a couple friends Mm -hmm. and i was so anxious just all the time just like dreading going and when i was there i i like i love the fact that that i was there Mm -hmm. but i was so awkward and so anxious that it was like difficult to do anything and like Mm -hmm. i had like my social anchor that i like (laughs) attach myself to and I feel like I can be in this chaotic environment with him Mm -hmm. but it actually got so bad that he turned to me and he was like dude you follow me like a shadow Mm -hmm. like I like you, you're fun, but, like, go talk to other people. And it, like, it got mm. annoying to him. And, like, to be socially anxious and told, like, <laughs> you're being, like, <laughs> oh God, awkward. I'm like, me. oh, my God. You're, you're, I knew he was right, but, yeah, it, like, it yeah, hurt yeah, so yeah. much, like, to be kind of rejected like that. But and I also like, to be uh, like,
0: oh, people notice. They yeah. see it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh-huh. And so, like, but... <laughs> And I look at that and how it was, and it it took a long time to be, to come to the place that I am. And there was a lot of embarrassment. There was a lot of humiliation. There was a lot of doing dumb things and saying dumb things, but it's like, you just, you just persevere and eventually you just get to a point where like, you don't think about that anymore. And mm-hmm. like, you kind of talked about where like, you kind of like deconstructed this high level conversation that you can have at a, at a thing like this and And that's like you you've you've identified a no uh, you now have like a a, a known incompetence
2: mm-hmm. right, and then mm-hmm. now you need
1: to move that into a known competence mm-hmm. and to an unknown competence is where like you don't have to think about it, you can just do it mm-hmm. right but it's like you have to get there yeah you know like there there are like these like the the four steps of like unknown incompetence you don 't know you suck <laughs> you know you suck known incompetence. <laughs> You are good with known competence, but it takes effort to be like that. And mm-hmm. then the unknown competence is just natural. Yeah. So you have like this path. And I remember actually first learning about that. And I was like, oh, okay. I know that I suck. That's mm-hmm. cool. Mm-hmm. How the fuck do I get to like yeah. not sucking, even yeah. if I have to think yeah. of really hard about it? Yeah. But it just slowly comes. Yeah. It just slowly comes. And like bringing consciousness, like this conversation and talking about how you feel uh-huh. is part of how you become better
0: that's so true yeah Yeah, exactly this is like therapy for me right now (laughs) good um but yeah even even as you were saying that i was like visualizing even like the hierarchy of needs it was like i couldn't achieve like actualized flow conversation because i was like stuck in like safety self-esteem needs which Mm. just were just like nope not happening And yeah, how do you get out of that? Like we said earlier, speak to that, start there, like get that out of the way. And then when that's resolved, then we can like ascend. I think also I put a lot of pressure on myself to like, like to just be there, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's, you're not just going to be there. It's not going to happen. Like I have this issue. And so it has to be worked with. It It has to be, I'm conscious of it. I have to deal with that throughout like mm. we said we we even we traced it back to like just meeting up me and you before we approach the group it's like <laughs> there was more that could have been done there to yeah like, yeah where we're safe where before we go into it get that ball get that flow going um
1: yeah well yeah I, I uh i still have a lot of social anxiety going to like a nightclub yeah like that's where like i regress back into like this socially awkward person where I'm yeah. just like, oh, I can't relate to these people at all. They're all yeah. cooler than me. They're yeah. all like up on this pedestal, even though it's just like a nightclub. People yeah. getting drunk and stuff like that. They're yeah. not like the coolest people. Yeah. But I being socially anxious, you just assume that these people have something that you don't mm-hmm. and that you can't like bridge that gap.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But the times where I'm like most social in a nightclub environment is when I've met with friends first and I get into that flow, I get into that social aspect. Yeah. Then we go out and it's just like more of the same. Yeah. And you don't think about that. And so like, that's what we need to do with the next meetup is like you said, meet first, have a little chat. Maybe walk there together or whatever it is. Like get a, mm-hmm. get a tea on our way and then have a <laughs> chat. And then you just get into that flow. Like you said.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's Wait. like, Yeah.
1: Why, no. I was just going to say like, that's how you improve your social skills. It's like identifying mm-hmm. What went wrong, what you could do to make it better, do better, or put yourself in a better state, and then try that the next time and see if it yeah, works.
0: Yeah, and practice.
1: That's it. That's the scientific practice. method. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, right there.
0: Look at us go. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, this education is paying off. Oh, my God.
0: <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's interesting what you were saying earlier, too, about how old were you when you were shadowing that your, your social anchor?
1: Um, it was in grade 10 or 11 so i would have been 15 or 16 okay i believe yeah, yeah yeah
0: so like how you were saying it was like you wanted to be in those situations yeah but it became it was so like uncomfortable for you mm-hmm. because you're so anxious i feel like i've always had these social issues like for as long as i can remember since i i mean yeah like be, I identify it as something that started when I was young. Mm. I learned certain things, r- repressed certain things into my shadow. Mm. Voila, I'm an anxious person. Right. Um,
1: yeah, I've always been anxious too. Yeah. Like I, my, I remember like being... Um, like five and my mom being like, Oh, he's just shy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, it, it's been something that I've always had. Yeah. It's interesting.
0: Know? Cause I've also like looked back and thought, like think re- remembered how reinforced that was in me. Yeah. Like, Oh, she's so quiet. She's so polite. She's such a pleasure to have yeah, in class. Yeah. Okay. So I'll just like not be a person. <laughs> uh, show no personality. Don't get in trouble ever yeah, yeah. because that's bad. Mm-hmm. Speaking up is bad. Like it's, all of that just got like repressed, and and then obviously there were certain situations where I was like too loud, and then people would laugh at something I said, and I'm like, oh, yeah. can't speak too loud.
2: Mm-hmm. Think
0: about who's around you when you say things because they're listening, they can hear you. People are perceiving you.
2: Mm-hmm. When
0: I learned that people were perceiving me and that they didn't <laughs> always have like, they weren't always, I don't know, kind yeah. about it. Yeah, it was like. Mm. Repress, Don't <laughs> do that. Don't be yourself. Yeah. There are very specific situations in which you can be yourself and everywhere else, just be quiet and polite because that's what gets you safety, yeah. you know?
1: Well, I remember being super shy and someone, like they would always say, "Oh my God, that's so cute. And like yeah. I'm getting affection and approval for being super quiet,
0: yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but I think, and obvi- yeah, what I'm talking about is obviously maybe back in elementary school, okay that persists through high school and then into my young adult life. And I kind of just always characterize myself as an introvert, Mm -hmm. which to me just means, I don't know. It's not even necessarily like the, Oh, I'd rather stay home and read a book all the time. It's like, it exhausts me to be around people. Yeah. (laughs) Like, and I need to be alone to like recharge and stuff. Mm -hmm. And yeah. But I think it's kind of bullshit. I don't know if yeah. I am. I mean, maybe I am. And maybe I'll uncover that later, that this is actually part of who I am is like g- good at being alone and like thrives being alone, maybe. But I genuinely believe that this label that I've put on myself is was kind of keeping me in a box. Mm-hmm. And I only really believed that because i only really believed that and it was only true because i was so exhausted by being in these social situations yeah and the exhaustion was coming from the anxiety and the trying to people please and yeah try to present myself in a particular way that is so exhausting and it takes such a toll on my mental space and my physical state mm-hmm. that coming home after a social event was just like, finally the relief, like never, no one asked me to do anything for two weeks at least. Like, (laughs) please just let me rest, you know, because it was so exhausting because I wasn't being myself. There was no like lightness. There was no play. There was no personality. There was no freedom and there was no fun. Yeah. It was just pain.
1: (laughs) Well, I feel like, you know, introversion and extroversion, I feel like are pointing to something that does exist. Yeah. But, Exactly what that is, I think is a little bit difficult to say, like yeah. I feel like if if we if we think about like a natural inclination to introversion or extroversion, mm-hmm. it's like okay, an introvert is biased toward wanting to be less you know out there socially, let's mm-hmm. say, mm-hmm. but what exactly is that like it mm-hmm. could be a multitude of factors of mm-hmm. like okay, maybe when you're surrounded by this number of people, you feel a little bit more anxious because there's maybe too much stimulus. Maybe, yeah. like maybe you're just sensitive to too much stimulus. Mm-hmm. And so that causes anxiety, which slowly over time creates this even greater bias toward introversion, mm-hmm. which may, makes you not develop certain skills at the same time. So you become like behind socially or your peers, which becomes this like vicious cycle yeah. of becoming more and more introverted. Or maybe it's like a certain area of your brain didn't develop as fast. And so you develop the ability to like understand that other people could have opinions faster than you could understand how to uh, put yourself out there socially. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, and again, like, I don't even know what that means specifically for brain areas, mm-hmm. but like certain little tiny skills that you develop faster than others could mm-hmm. create a sort of bias that has a runaway effect for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. And then we end up being adults where we hear this like story about there's introverts and there's extroverts Mm -hmm. and you're like, Oh, I'm an introvert. And so again, you start like consciously feeding back into that and Mm -hmm. thinking like, Mm -hmm. Oh, as an introvert, I am just always going to be a little bit exhausted after a social meetup where it's like, I mean, maybe not always. It's Mm -hmm. just, there's certain skills or certain mindsets that you have that make you exhausted Mm -hmm. such as like persona fatigue Mm -hmm. right persona Mm -hmm. fatigue is where you uh, are so are spending so much energy trying to have a certain front or be a certain person like us educated psychedelic podcaster who knows what she's supposed to say
2: mm-hmm.
1: that trying to maintain that persona is, is so exhausting mm-hmm. and that, but, but you don't under, you don't realize that. So you just assume, Oh, I'm exhausted because I'm introverted, not yeah. I'm exhausted because I feel I need to be seen as this thing.
0: And sometimes it's not even necessarily a skill thing because
1: mm-hmm.
0: I've known people who seem to be the life of the party who are super outgoing and easy to talk to and you know they're just really outgoing and yeah comfortable yeah. seemingly in social situations but then they're like oh no like i'm an introvert 100 percent. like i like my alone time you know yeah. and it's like oh it, it's not like the stereotype we have in our mind that this person's like quiet yeah and yeah. like doesn't go out it's like you can be a social person and still be introverted mm. you can still feel comfortable in social situations and have great times with people but just need to be alone just yeah. prefer being alone maybe sometimes and like are comfortable and happy that way. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: And I do think that in some ways, you know, that might be true to who I am. Right. Still jury's still out because I mean, lately this kind of social interactions I've had and like being around people a lot of the time Mm -hmm. has actually really been fueling me. Mm -hmm. Like I feel better. I feel more energized. I feel better about myself, more confident, more happy, after social situations like i don't feel this exhaustion anymore when i get home from like having a night with my friends or even having a day at my job where i'm talking Mm. to people um because i've found this confidence in who i am and my personality and this flow is happening more right it's not exhausting it actually like really fuels me and gives me a lot of energy and excitement so like what do
1: you think changed
0: like i said it's just like well what, what do you mean Cause like I identify it as like, I am more myself in these situations. I accept myself more and I'm letting more of myself and my personality come through and it like,
1: you're not being the solid block.
0: No, I'm, yeah. Like, I mean, it's not that I was necessarily a solid block before, (laughs) like that's, that's anxiety state, Yeah. but there's different states of it. Like sometimes, I mean, I've, I've worked at the same job for quite a while and I used to just show up and do my job Mm -hmm. and be like kind of annoyed most of the time, (laughs) just like, (laughs) kind of just like, Oh, this is my part-time job. I'm not like happy to be here. I'm just kind of getting through it to make money. And then, so I can go home and like, yeah, my, the, the energy that I'm putting into my workplace now, as well as the energy I'm receiving back from it. And that it's like a give and take between like the people I'm surrounded by my coworkers, as well as the customers coming into my job. Mm -hmm. It's this, this interaction where I've put more of myself into it mm-hmm. and I've received a lot of positive reinforcement every time I let more of myself come out Right. in terms of my personality things that make me who I am. And the fact that people respond well to that when yeah. I've done that, and I've felt safe to do that around them. And I was like, oh, this is fun. It's fun being a person. It's fun being myself. Yeah. I like the responses I get when I'm myself and people are like, wow, she's cool. she's awesome. Like, and, they're, and they like interacting with me. And it just like, it fuels that fire. You know, sure. like maybe the first time I shared part of myself or like did something that is like my quirky side, my quirky weird side. And people are like, oh, wow, I liked that. Like, yeah, what yeah, are you yeah. doing there? And, and it's like, oh, I can do more of that. And it's For like, sure. it's fun to be that. And I it like runs away with itself. It's just like, it's a snowball effect. I'm like, Oh, and then I'm like dancing around and going crazy <laughs> and like having these amazing interactions with my customers Yeah. and becoming really close to my coworkers and everything's just like, ah, and it's all just fueling that. And, yeah. it, and that's really, that carries over into my life and how I feel about myself. Like I go home and I'm like, wow, I love who I am. I like myself. Mm-hmm. You're fun. You're awesome. You're interesting. You're, and it feels good Mm -hmm. and I want more of that. And I'm Mm -hmm. like excited to go back to that place where I felt that way and to keep going. And, and also to see the way the thing is like when, when we are ourselves, yeah, like we're inviting other people to do the same, to share themselves. Yeah, exactly. And that's the best part of it is that it's in our differences that like, that's what makes connection so valuable Mm -hmm. because I think something I've, reflected on and noticed in myself is like, is that kind of people pleasing tendency where I'm just kind of monitoring myself and trying to see like, okay, who are they? What are they like? And then curating myself to fit what I, th- what I've calculated in my head is what they want, mm-hmm. you know, and just only giving them that. But being around different personalities, different people and knowing on a, on a mental level that people don't want that person that, like, they don't want someone to just, like, agree with everything they say and like the exact same things they like and Mm. just be, like, polite and nice and quiet. Like, people don't want that. And it's hard to break out of that when, like I said, that that was what was reinforced in me was, like, a good thing. I'm like, I don't want to, I don't want to talk about things that are unique to me. I don't want to, I mean, I've spoken before about how I don't even want to share music with people. Cause I'm yeah. like, what if they don't like it? And it's like a reflection of who I am, <laughs> <laughs> you
2: yeah. know, like it's yeah. simple
0: things like that, but like, I don't know. It's a big deal. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes, but when, when you share, even if it's like, they don't like it, even if it's something they don't like, or not that they don't like it necessarily, but they've just never, they're not exposed to that before. Mm-hmm. It's just like, that's what makes you interesting and cool yeah. and a joy to be around. That's why people, that like, people want you. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. And that's the thing, like you, when you're like, like, I guess the first thing that comes to mind is like you, you start, you st- started dropping that persona,
2: mm-hmm.
1: that persona that you feel you needed to be a certain way, or you feel you needed to be a certain way for the benefit of another person, like the people pleasing thing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And you slowly were your authentic self. And then, like you said, got like positive feedback for that. hmm It's because like you've done enough inner development where you are like a cool person. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And and, like some people might be kind of like taking a step back at that. Like maybe Mm -hmm. like, what do you mean like- What is a cool person? What is a cool person? (laughs) But it's just like, you have some people who are just like not nice people. They Mm -hmm. have a lot of like really negative beliefs about others or they're very judgmental. And when they start being their normal self and they start like judging other people and being like an asshole basically, I mean, you don't want to be around that person. No. Right? But if you've done enough inner development to, like, let go of some of the, the negative things driving you or that you've developed your your taste in music or mm-hmm. you've just, like, explored your own being mm-hmm. to a high level and then share that with other people, people are naturally drawn to that. Yeah. You know? And it's, like, so there's like a there's, like, a balance where it's, like, you need enough inner development to, like, get over some of the things that, like, maybe make you... A, a, a bad person, I, I know that's, like, so loaded, but, like, you know what yeah, I mean, where yeah. it's, like, just someone, someone doesn't really want to be around. Mm-hmm. And then you start doing that outer development to learn how to share it with somebody. And yeah. a lot of the time, like, you could be very, like, an inner, de- innerly developed person, but your ability to share yourself in, a, like, a relatable way is so far behind mm-hmm. that you come across as weird.
2: Mm-hmm. And I
1: feel like a lot of weird people just don't know how to share their authentic self in a way that's relatable. Yeah. Where it's like you start droning on about like D and D or some other like very nerdy thing. And people are like, this person is so boring to listen to. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to listen to them. And like, you think it's, Oh, because I was talking about D and D it's like, no, you were just being boring. Yeah. You're just doing it in a boring way. When yeah. you think about like, Sean's huge into
2: Mm
1: -hmm. D&D. Henry Cavill is huge into D&D. Like he's a massive nerd. Mm -hmm. But Sean's extremely exuberant about it where you get excited by D&D. And like Henry Cavill is like a celebrity. So maybe that's a little bit different. But like (laughs) he he still seems like a very charismatic dude, right? Yeah, yeah. And so it's just like it's all about your ability to share that information, that authenticity with other people. That's so true. And it's like it's always pushing yourself to do – A little bit more to be able to like either convey your authenticity or kind of reflecting back and saying like oh was I doing that in a way that was unrelatable or made it like put the other person in like a non receptive state Mm
2: -hmm. where they
1: like what I was doing was just like sharing my authenticity but it was in such a way that just like made them close down and it's just like you need to be able to reflect on yourself Mm -hmm. while at the same time not doing it in a way that's like toxic or like beating yourself up yeah because that's what makes you more of that like solid block of anxiety which makes you even more unrelatable or like if people feel that anxiety off of you they may not know you're anxious but they just like feel that something's wrong mm-hmm. and they may perceive that as like you being like creepy or you being weird or something like that when you're just being anxious yeah right and so it's like that puts even more pressure on you because now you're like oh my god i can't be anxious or people think i'm weird yeah. but it's like it's just a slow process of just putting yourself out there a little bit more, like going to events with people you know and just like putting yourself in a position where you can be as least anxious as possible
2: mm-hmm.
1: but just like pushing each time. Yeah. And just like always being like that persisting, always like loving yourself, giving yourself more love and like being okay with being anxious yeah is huge and that's why meditation is so valuable it's just like Mm
2: -hmm.
1: learning to be okay feeling whatever emotion you are it's like how would you feel about the way you currently feel Mm -hmm. if the way you currently feel was exactly how you were supposed to feel yeah and it's like oh well i'm supposed to be anxious right now so like there's no point shaming myself for it oh it's it's not that big a thing yeah and much easier said than done of course yeah but I found that like asking myself that and really reflecting a lot on that while I'm feeling a certain negative way relieves so much of the pressure to be different. Yeah. You know, it's like, Oh, I'm just, this is how I am. It's fine. Yeah. No worries.
0: Exactly. It's really about accepting yourself, accepting yourself where you're at Mm -hmm. and just like, yeah. I mean with accepting, not just being like, Oh, okay. It's like my cross to bear. But like <laughs> loosening up a bit, because I mean, that's exactly what I've pointed to is just like the solid block uh, and like needing to get into that flow state. Yeah. Like, obviously, that's like the highest achievement, the goal. Yeah, yeah. Massive yeah. flow state conversation. But anything you can do to like loosen up your energy, I find. And like, and I think part of that is is laughing and being <laughs> playful and being honest. And just yeah. like, like if you're anxious, like laugh at yourself. Like it's silly yeah. that I'm anxious. It's silly that I like, it's it's funny. Like, ha ha ha. Yeah. Like I'm not this weird, w- creepy person. I'm just anxious. I'm just experiencing this thing because of whatever reasons. And like, we're gonna get through this. It's mm. not a big deal. Like try to make it less of a big deal.
1: Yeah. And it um, really, if you're around people who would judge you negatively for that, you don't want to be around those people. No, you know? exactly. Uh, that's what I was going to say before that I completely uh-huh. forgot. I, I paused for okay. like 30 yeah, seconds. Yeah, yeah. No. Um, but uh, I just wanted to say like, uh, I lost it again. Fuck. Uh, <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: um, oh my God. What was it? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> if you're like, okay. <laughs> I remember this time. Um, yeah. Like if you, if you present some of your authenticity and someone doesn't like it, then they they just don't like you. There's also that, that reality. Okay. It's just like, that's okay. Like, <laughs> oh, well, you don't like who I authentically am? Well, then we just don't get along. That doesn't yeah. mean that like there's nobody else in the world who would ever like me as I am. It's mm-hmm. like, just, it's okay. Like, yeah. just, it's okay. You're not my person. We're not going to waste each other's time trying to like become friends or whatever it is. I'll move on to somebody who's like more in line with my authenticity
0: yeah it's fine you know? if people don't like you i think that's something that is hard to accept yeah it's like oh people are not people are just not gonna like you sometimes and it's fine i mean i haven't accepted that i'm mm. scared of that i'm scared of people not liking me it hasn't happened in a while but also that's because sometimes i'm not my most authentic yeah. self maybe if i was like the craziest most authentic i could possibly be some people would be like yeah that bitch is wild <laughs> Like I'm going to stay away, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, and that's fine. But like, I, I think I saw this quote not that long ago and it was like, be yourself so that people who are looking for you can find you or something yeah, like kind of yeah. cheesy, but it's so true because when you're, your authentic self, it's like a filtering process mm-hmm. where you're going to find the people who resonate with that and align with that completely. And the people who don't, you'll just miss them
2: mm-hmm. and that's okay, mm-hmm.
0: you know? And it's not like it's going to be like one or the other all the time, like the most aligned or like not at all. Yeah. But you know, you, it's kind of like you're going to guarantee that the people around you are really there for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And that's why like, I think that, you know, that kind of outer development, that, that ability to be, to present your authenticity in a way that is respectful and relatable to other people mm-hmm. is so valuable because it, it makes meeting new people a, a fun game mm-hmm. even if they don't like you mm-hmm. because you're not being so unrelatable that they're just like oh my god who the fuck is this person yeah. like get away yeah. yeah you know but it's like you can you can figure out fast that like oh this is person is just not really for me mm-hmm. but it's it's again it's more of a game mm-hmm. because nobody's being being violated in a way that's like oh what the fuck is going on right mm-hmm. um and like how you actually do that is by just going out a lot and reflecting on like what you're doing and how that's coming across and like what ways you could do better. You know, there are books on it. Like we talked about in our, our why self-develop episode is like, there's always going to be a book or a video that helps you do that thing.
0: If you haven't read five books on the topic, you're not serious about it. (laughs) Leo girl.
1: Just kidding. It's true though. Yeah. Like (laughs) if if you have an issue with like social anxiety and you haven't read any books on being more social, it's like, Mm. Well, How much you really like, want to get over that thing?
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, like, a priority. Like, what are you going to do about it? And, I mean, it's not even just books. Like, mm-hmm. there are mm-hmm. YouTube videos. There are, like, a number of things that you could do. Yeah. But, yeah, it's out there is what we're saying. is like, there are resources. There are ways. You sure. You're not stuck the way you are. No. And I think, I mean, that's what this whole thing is about like doing psychedelics is this realization that you're like, Oh, I'm not just stuck. I'm not just doomed to just like be like living out all these conditioned behaviors. Like I can really reflect and I don't know, change.
1: Yeah. Well, that's like the, (laughs) uh, I said in the integral stage video that I did, it was like often that psychedelics just like show somebody that they can change for the first time in their life. Uh You know, like I remember, um, uh, there's some issues in my family. Um, I'm not going to go too deeply into it, but my sister asked one time, like if people can change and my mom had said like, oh yeah, some people can change, like they can get better. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's really up to them though. Mm -hmm. Right. But when you're faced constantly with somebody who disappoints you and they never change, You start to like, even if you yourself have changed or you've seen people change, if someone very important in your life doesn't change, it's like you, you begin to adopt this mindset that like people just can't change. Uh Right. And it's like, it becomes this, again, a self-reinforcing thing where you just never think that you can change and psychedelics can help reverse that Mm -hmm. often for the first time for a Mm -hmm. lot of people.
0: Mm -hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, while we're on the topic of psychedelics. (laughs) It's something I've been thinking about. Okay. Yeah. Because like, I mean, the, the official way you've been using psychedelics in particular is like mm. isolated in your room and like just doing the thing. Right. Alone. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, I've done a few of those as well. And we've also tried together. But I, for one, am, <laughs> I'm, all, I'm also really into and open to the more, the less like mm-hmm. accepted like scientifically new, like the way, the way in which psychedelics are trying to be legitimized, it's kind of like placing the quote recreational use as yeah. like a less than not the best way to use them. And like, mm. you know, we're kind of really uh, focusing on the, the kind of medical
1: the medicalization, the medicalization, like yeah, the yeah. healing
0: aspect of psychedelics and like doing it with intention and safety. And like, you're alone, you're with, you're in a safe environment. And that's very important. Yes. And I, but I, for one advocate for like that, I, I feel really safe on psychedelics, obviously yeah. like lower doses maybe, mm-hmm. but I think I have had amazing experiences in, mm-hmm. in settings that aren't necessarily like controlled, Yeah. (laughs) like going to a music festival Yeah. or, um, just with, with, with people or out in the world or in public, you know, like I find that really fun and good and valuable for other reasons too. And something I really enjoy about psychedelics Mm -hmm. is, well, obviously the breaking down of the ego, which is the, the, which is the wall that is up between your authentic self and like sharing with the world. Most Mm -hmm. of the time it's like, like the really unhealthy ego which is like oh i am this i'm that i'm not good enough i can't do these things i'm anxious i am this way and Mm -hmm. that's the wall that's up between me and connecting with the people at certain events you know Mm -hmm. when i'm on psychedelics and i'm with other people and i'm connecting with them that's not there anymore and that's really amazing to experience yourself without that wall up you know Mm -hmm. and it's so freeing and amazing and it's fun. It's just fun and it feels mm-hmm. so good. And you're just like, wow, I love myself. This is who I really am. It feels like it it feels like it feels like me when I'm doing them. It's like I don't mm-hmm. feel like I chained into this other person. Like I'm still me. Yeah. And just like I am just flowing through now. Mm-hmm. And there's no wall. Yeah. To keep me inside and like hiding away in fear. And I guess that's it's one of those things that is for me hard to integrate into my life because it is such a such an acute symptom of being high on psychedelics mm-hmm. you know whereas when you're thinking deeply about your life and you're thinking about your past experiences and who you are and who you want to be and like all these grand ideas
2: mm-hmm.
0: i mean integration is never easy but it's kind of like okay you have all this material this mental material to work with mm-hmm. and figure out and journal about and write about and like bring into your life. But what about just like how you're feeling? Like, how can I, how can I feel more at ease in social situations? Like after I've felt that Mm -hmm. while being high, how can I bring more of that into it when it is such like a, a momentary high feeling?
1: Okay, so like if I'm understanding properly, like you kind of view, like you want to have fun on psychedelics in like a, a music festival, let's say,
2: mm-hmm.
1: right? Mm, yeah, and, for but, example. For example, yeah, like, like just for sake of argument. And so like you want to kind of use like psychedelics to help facilitate the fun of that thing, but also like breaking down that ego mm-hmm. and like use that as a kind of a learning experience. Like not only just like the fun of the experience itself, but mm-hmm. kind of using that as a learning experience to help you integrate that Breakdown of ego in situations where you're not on psychedelics, yeah, where it's kind of like it's it's a bridge between where you currently are and where you could be without the use of psychedelics, but helping mm-hmm. using psychedelics to help you get there, yeah, yeah, well, there's three things that I want to talk about that that brought up <laughs> that like. First of all, I think that like the war on drugs has just proven time and time again that you're not going to stop people from using drugs. Yeah. It's not going to fucking happen. Like if we need another 40 years of a drug war that is failing and more authoritarianism, more people thrown in prison, etc., just to show that we're idiots, mm-hmm. right? People mm-hmm. are going to do drugs. And so if people are going to be doing drugs recreationally anyway, mm-hmm. we need to start focusing on uh, helping people do them in mm-hmm. ways that are safe, Right. That means like at music festivals, having those, uh, tents, those, those sanctuaries where mm-hmm. people can go to. And if they're, if they're having a bad experience because of the drugs, mm-hmm. they can be taken to a safe location where they're taken care of, where everything's going to be fine. And then no problems happen, or they're at least very much less likely to happen.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Secondly, I think that like, if people need to be given, again, people need to be given the skills to be able to deal with these experiences. Mm-hmm. And, and and specifically about like oh how much is a good dose for a music festival? Mm-hmm. If you want people to use psychedelics safely, you need to have uh, programs that teach them. Oh, if I'm going to be using acid, how much do I need for somebody of my body weight? how much have I used in the past for that? Is that like a good dose for me? Mm-hmm. Or if I'm using MDMA, like how's it like, what's a good dosage? What's a good method of taking it for this specific use that I want. Mm-hmm. If you want people to use drugs safely, they need to know this stuff. Mm-hmm. They need to know it. Mm-hmm. Right. And so again, like legalizing it and making it a shameful thing that they have to do in secret where there's not a lot of research about it. That's not how you get enough knowledge, people to, to teach safe use of these things.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, Finally, my final point is that I have resistance to using them in recreational settings Mm -hmm. because I don't want to need to use them to have a good experience, Mm -hmm. right? And it's like you talk about like, and I think you kind of like, Mention this where it's like you're not using them because you feel like you need to use them always for an every occasion to get past this ego you're kind of Mm -hmm. you're talking about like using it to as a bridge to get there Mm -hmm. i feel that like the goal should always be to like come to a place where you don't need to take a psychedelic or even mm-hmm. drink to be socially uninhibited
2: of course you know it's yeah. like
1: I, I feel that like a lot of people say like oh liquid courage like that's a huge guy thing like liquid courage and then i'll be able to talk to girls at a club or something mm-hmm. or uh i'll use i'll use alcohol to become socially uninhibited uninhibited so that i can have fun that's a problem that mm-hmm. that like that's literally like a a, a mental problem that you mm-hmm. need to like drink yourself into stupidity just so you can have fun in certain settings, Mm -hmm. right? It's like, I, 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 you need to adopt the mindset of like learning to get past that yourself. Mm -hmm. And once you learn to do that, Mm -hmm. well, then you're not using psychedelics or alcohol or anything else to like, to put yourself in a certain experience just so that you can have fun. Mm -hmm. You're doing it so that you can experience the thing itself Mm And have fun with that, where it's like, if you can, you can go to like a music festival and be very socially uninhibited, very like open, very egoless, whatever it is, and have a lot of fun socializing, a lot of fun dancing sober. Mm -hmm. But if you go to a music festival and you're that kind of person and you do acid, well, then you're like experiencing like this unique psychedelic experience Mm -hmm. because it's just the fun of the thing itself yeah and that's perfectly fine mm-hmm. you should like we, we we should be able to experience those things mm-hmm. in a safe environment with the right knowledge and the right personhood i guess the right personality that mm-hmm. you don't need it yes because i feel like if we talk about like using psychedelics in a toxic way mm-hmm. is that if you're doing it because it's the only thing that makes you feel alive or able to do something where it's like you, you do it in a toxic way or you abuse them because it's like fixing something within you by taking it rather than using it so that you can be put in a place where you like you've healed your trauma. Yeah. It's not the thing itself. It's a tool to facilitate better being, I suppose. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: And that's kind of the way I'm talking about it as, you know, like I 100% agree with that. Um, and I think It's, it's, it always like maybe irritates me a bit when that always has to be a caveat. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. but I shouldn't need it. It's like, okay. Yeah, obviously. Mm -hmm. But like, of course you shouldn't need it to it. But yeah, what I am talking about is like to experience it together. You know, like that is this, that is the goal. Like when I do mushrooms with somebody, or if I do acid with somebody, or if I do MDMA in a social setting, it's like we're doing this together to experience this thing Mm -hmm. and I wouldn't do, I mean, yeah, the goal is, yeah, to like connect with people and to experience this thing together. Like that, that's the way I've used them in social settings, not because I have to, because usually if I'm taking drugs with people, they're people I feel safe and comfortable with already. Mm. You know, it's not like I'm just, I would never be like go to like a meetup with strangers and be like, Oh, sorry. I just got to like pop a quick pill or like do yeah, a tab yeah. so I can talk to you guys. Like that's yeah. definitely not the way I'm using it. And For like, sure. that would be super disrespectful sure. to these substances, which are amazing. Um, mm-hmm. and like, just an un, like you said, an un, unhealthy way to use them. But, I think that's the, one of the best parts of it, you know, like, it's like, it's not even just about healing necessarily, or like healing in the traditional medical sense of like healing, like this is a problem, we've fixed it, you know, it's like, I find it healing to be in a room of, with my closest friends and to be high and to be like, just experiencing myself and experiencing Mm -hmm. them and connecting with them. Like that in itself is such an incredible life experience that... Like that, that stays with you and that, that changes you. Yeah. And I think that's amazing. And, and those are the kind of experiences that I want to be having. That's kind of how, what I'm open to in terms of my psychedelic experience. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not just me in my room thinking about my
2: trauma,
0: (laughs) you know, (laughs) Yeah. like I want to dance and connect. Like that is healing. Mm. It's not just like, oh, that's just fun. And healing is something you do in your room.
1: Yeah. yeah, You know, exactly. it's like, it's
0: healing to experience like life that way.
1: Yeah. I mean, having a really good time with your friends where you're not mm-hmm. like, you're just goofing off and having fun. Mm-hmm. Like you said, it's very healing in itself. Mm-hmm. It is, it, it's so healing. Because you're not doing it for the purpose of healing. Yeah. You're just doing it for the purpose of enjoying it. And mm-hmm. so that's why it's like some of the most healing things you can have. Yeah. But I, I think these distinctions are extremely important mm-hmm. for that very reason mm-hmm. is to say that like, if you go with a couple friends to like a, an amusement park and you have a lot of fun doing that, you feel a lot of thrills, suspense of a roller coaster ride or a little bit of fear, whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. You've experienced like an altered state of consciousness that you mm-hmm. don't usually experience with some friends that you just are enjoying yourself with, and it's like, mm-hmm. why are we making a distinction between a roller coaster as a tool and a psychedelic as a tool, right? Because you can say like, oh well, a psychedelic is a drug. Well, it's like, just bring consciousness to the fact that you're making these distinctions between what these things are, right? Like, when you're using a roller coaster, right, you're literally injecting your brain full of certain neurochemicals and stuff like this that like make you feel a certain way, Mm -hmm. right? It's like you're literally giving yourself drugs Mm -hmm. to feel a certain way. It's just you're not ingesting it. And so for some reason, we've created this distinction, Mm -hmm. right? And it's like some distinctions are absolutely important. We make a distinction between, mm-hmm. um, asking for consent, for example, and not asking for consent. You can say, well, like well, you can, you can go into these weird language games to try to like find a way that these distinctions are useless, mm-hmm. but it's like, nobody's trying to like make those distinctions. Yeah. I hope anyway. Yeah. yeah. And so some distinctions do matter. Yes. Yeah. But I guess my point is, is like, why are we necessarily making these distinctions? when it comes to roller coaster rides or a horror movie or you know going to a all you can eat buffet and you're literally ingesting this stuff and you're feeling high from that
2: mm-hmm.
1: but then when we talk about psychedelics it's suddenly not good and you can mm-hmm. say okay well the psychedelics are more dangerous well, all those, those three points I've been issued before are ways we can make it less dangerous, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Roller coasters are extremely dangerous. Mm-hmm. And so that's why we do what we can to make sure they're functioning properly, that they're not going to break down, that you're a certain height to ride it, etc. Mm-hmm. We make it safer. Yeah. And so that's what we need to do with psychedelics too. Yeah. But we need to be able to be conscious of what distinctions we're making, why those distinctions are there. And be able to break down some of the distinctions that just don't make much sense. Yeah. Right. And that's a, that's a really huge problem with something as emotionally loaded as a psychedelic drug. Yeah. But if you can't play around with these distinctions, Mm -hmm. if you like, if you, if your brain literally cannot do that, then that's indicative of a problem because you're closing your mind off to a certain way of thinking without giving proper reasons to it, Mm -hmm. you know?
0: Yeah. Yes. I agree completely. I think something I'm just like, I'm, um, I'm thinking about Mm. is just also back a while ago, your, your choice of language when you're making a distinction between like, like what we were talking about, what what I'm kind of saying is like, like the traditional medical healing Mm -hmm. versus like the, uh, recreational enjoyment of psychedelics healing, which is like you use the language goofing off with your friends. Yeah. And like, I think in the language, it's even like kind of diminishing it mm. because like, that's not even it. When you're like connected to people and you're like, it's like having deep, meaningful conversations with other people. But, and now,
1: like, you, but yeah, now you're diminishing goofing off. <laughs> right. You're well, no. Saying, okay. Like, okay. Sorry. Wait. You know what I mean. So, yeah, so it's yeah, like yeah. that's the thing.
0: Yeah. Okay. I mean, because
1: goofing off can be an amazing experience. Okay, wait. Wait. Let me
0: finish. Let me finish. Okay. okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. No. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, so okay. I'm I'm saying you were making this distinction between like medical isolated healing okay, trauma okay. and like and then you said goofing off with your friends and I'm not diminishing goofing off. I think it's fun. I think it's great. But yeah. what is goofing off? I'm saying the language is making it sound like less valuable. Yeah. Yeah. Like the recreational. Like uh, when I said recreational, you use the term goofing off with friends and I'm saying recreational can include goofing off with friends, but it also includes deep, meaningful conversations, meaningful connection, like breaking down of boundaries between self and other Mm -hmm. and experiencing love and union with the people around you. And so it's, it's kind of all inclusive. Mm -hmm. And I think that that needs to be, that needs to be spoken to because like what I'm saying is my, my issue is with the diminishing of recreational as like less, less than that. So that's just what I wanted to say.
1: Okay. Yeah. I I, like, I completely agree. Mm -hmm. So, and again, like that, like that was my point when I'm so glad that like, we're making these distinctions because like Mm -hmm. I, when I said goofing off with friends, I mean, maybe there's a part of me that was diminishing it, but like Mm -hmm. goofing off with friends is like, Amazing, like fun, like yeah, one of the most yeah, healing yeah. things. Like I yeah. said, and so it's like if if that even if that's all you know, all that recreational psychedelic use was. Mm-hmm. That's not diminishing it at all Mm -hmm. because that can be fun, right? It's like Mm -hmm. uh, that's why I brought up like the roller coaster thing is that you're experiencing this altered states of consciousness with your friends Mm -hmm. and it's just for the experience itself. And Mm -hmm. so when you go to a a music festival or you're just hanging out in your room listening to music on Mm -hmm. a psychedelic with a friend, Mm -hmm. you're just going to this certain place that you cannot experience without the psychedelic Mm -hmm. and it's just fun for the experience. You know, like what I said earlier before, it's like if you cannot be very social without the use of a drug, Mm -hmm. whether it's psychedelic or otherwise, that's an issue that you need to work on because like Mm -hmm. every human being should be able to be social, right? Like Mm -hmm. we are a social animal. At least that's my personal belief. You can disagree. That's fine. Mm -hmm. But if you cannot be social, then I think that's something you need to look at. Yeah. Right. But at the same time, no matter how socially intelligent, no matter how outgoing you learn to be, whatever it is, you're never gonna get to a state where you're like experiencing a psychedelic trip while being super social. Yeah. It's just, they're different, right? Yeah, for sure. And so it's like, I'm not denigrating the use of psychedelics to just enjoy the experience of being on a psychedelic. Mm-hmm. It's just to make the distinction between being on a psychedelic to just enjoy the psychedelic or being on the psychedelic or the alcohol or cocaine or whatever it is because you need it.
2: Yeah, yeah, you know?
1: 100%. And, and I'm, not, again, I'm not saying that you're doing that. Yeah. But simply, like, these are the distinctions we're making, and we're making them because they're, like, so enforced by the drug war and all the propaganda mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. came with it that, like, we've lost the ability to make these distinctions. Yes. We've lost the ability to say that a goofing off with your friends can be a very meaningful experience.
2: Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? It's like
1: we're so focused on, like, proving that, that psychedelics are a serious thing yeah. that we've forgotten how serious yeah having the opportunity to goof off with your friends is yeah. you know what i mean so yeah. it's like it's it's all it's all to say that like it's all to say i guess my point always is to keep yourself open to update and see yeah. how you're making these distinctions yeah. and like i said earlier like if you cannot play around with the distinctions you make then you need to work on that Mm because that's also important. Like you need to be able to keep your mind open.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. And that's like the blog post that I put on Instagram is like, keep your mind open, but always discerning. Mm -hmm. You can be open-minded to something while still discerning that it's not something you want to engage with. Mm -hmm. There's a difference between being open-minded and simply accepting everything and being like, Oh, I'm open-minded to psychedelics. Therefore I'm going to do acid and then go to a final or do add bunch of acid and go to like, uh, a court date or something like that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You, you, like maybe be open-minded to distinctions there, but don't be so undiscerning that yeah. you do something so obviously foolish. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's, it is an important distinction. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But, I totally agree. I just, I, I do think these things are important to to talk about because like, I think especially when we're we're, here, we are talking about social, um, engagements. It's Mm -hmm. like, that's one of my favorite things to explore in altered states of consciousness is like, who am I? How do I connect with other people? Mm -hmm. And like, who am I when those walls are down? And basically when I first started this conversation, this part of the conversation, my question was exactly like, how can I bring more of that into my regular life in my regular consciousness? Mm. Like that was the question is like, I love that feeling and I think it's so valuable and I see those experiences as so valuable. Um, and that's kind of where I'm at is like, that's always where I'm at with psychedelics is that was so deeply meaningful. How can I bring more of that into how I am in my regular, Mm -hmm. my normal consciousness? Yeah. So it's, yeah, definitely not about needing them.
1: Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. And it's like, um, and again, it just comes back to the education part. It's like mm-hmm. you need to be able to... You need to have the skills to either discern that for yourself or discern that for someone you know.
2: Mm-hmm. You know what mm-hmm. I
1: mean? Like if, if like, it's difficult to always be so self-aware that you see yourself. You're able to see when you're using them ineffectively or unhealthy.
2: Mm-hmm. Health-
1: unhealthily, I don't know. Uh, yeah, in an unhealthy way. Yeah. Um. And so that's why it's good to have friends around you who can point that out when you're using them in an unhealthy way. Oh, yeah. Right? And so it's just like... People, if, if you want safe society, you need people who are better able to discern. Yeah. And any, any system of education, any system of law that puts people in a position where they're less discerning, that's going to lead to problems. Yeah. And that's exactly what the drug war has done. Yeah, exactly. You know.
0: I, honestly, I think this is a really valuable conversation to have. And yeah. I, I'm sure everyone could hear the resistance in my voice when this <laughs> conversation yeah. started. I was like, no, I don't want to talk about this. Mm -hmm. anxious experience but as we said before talking about it is one of the most important things you can do and just yeah breaking down those walls that are keeping you from being the self you want to be your Mm -hmm. real authentic self really yeah because that's the best state to be in and from keeping you from being in that flow state as much as possible Mm -hmm. you know just creating more of that in your life
1: yeah and i mean that's why i wanted to have this conversation because I feel like there was a lot of things we said that could be valuable. Like even if somebody's never heard that, like when you're being self-conscious, you're being a little bit narcissistic to think that people care about you that much. Yeah. It's like,
0: <laughs> or you're not giving of yourself so that they can receive you. Exactly, you know? yeah. and it's, it's like a disservice.
1: It is a disservice, and it's like that. That's, it, it's 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 freeing to think people don't care about me that much mm-hmm. when you're that socially anxious. Yeah. It's freeing to think. Oh yeah. When I'm talking to somebody and like showing them my authenticity, I'm doing them a service by like just giving them an interesting experience of my being and them in turn to me. Yeah. Right. And so that's people who've gone through this kind of experience of being socially anxious. I felt like there was a lot they could learn from the difference between our experiences. Yeah. And if, if nothing else, then they've been given a good model of how to like sit down with somebody and like talk about these experiences mm-hmm. to find a better way of approaching them in the future. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like self-improvement or self-development is about persistence. It's about mm-hmm. always trying and trying again and reflecting back and saying, what could I have done better? Mm-hmm. And then going to try again Yeah, and always just like keeping that optimistic persistence, mm-hmm. you know?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for suggesting we have this conversation. Oh. I I got a lot from it.
1: Me too. Thank you for having <laughs> it with me.
0: Thank you, mm-hmm. and, and thank
1: you so much for listening.
0: Yes. Thank you all for being here today.
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs> like we said at the beginning, if you want to follow us on social media, at Wild and Theology, Twitter and Instagram. Uh, also, the Integral Stage podcast I mentioned is on YouTube. Just search Integral Stage. William Edmiston. I'll put my. I'll put the link in the description. Check it out. Went really Ooh, well.
0: Ooh, they know your last name now. Oh my god.
1: Yeah, that's okay. It was <laughs> gonna happen eventually. You know? I don't really care. No. Um. <laughs> thank you.
0: Thank you. Goodbye.
1: Bye.